Welcome to the All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe podcast, I am talking with Josh Tapp of The Lucky Titan, or The Lucky Titan. And in this podcast, we are talking about habits, where Josh is one of the people that I go to to get great ideas for new habits. His social media is on fire. I highly recommend that you follow him. And you can get all of his information on the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 247. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 247. So if there are any habits that you would like to improve or get rid of in your life and hear some fun conversation, you should definitely tune into this podcast because it was a fun one for me to chat about coaching, chat about habits, chat about all kinds of good stuff that you can take away. So without further ado, here we are with Josh Tapp. What's up, Josh? How's it going today? Dude, so pumped to be here. Glad to, have, glad to be on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to chat with you today and see where this conversation goes. You, you never know with us, man. It, <laughs> it, it could go anywhere. <laughs> first, first question, where are you located? So we are in the beautiful mountains of Idaho. So a lot of people don't even know we exist as a state, but we, we love it up here. And we'd prefer <laughs> to keep it that way that nobody knows because it's just this paradise up here. You know all about that if you're a skier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, skiing, mountain biking, hiking, Boating, whatever. We a lot up here. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful lakes, beautiful rivers. Yeah. Good place yeah. to be. We love it right here. <laughs> ne- next question for people that are actually watching this and you know, hopefully some of you guys are, how do you get that background? Yeah. Um, actually it's, it's just a curtain. So we actually used to have it hung up. And the problem is when a lot of people, um, when they record video, it's distracting, right? There's too much going on behind them. Um, or it's even like a lot of people do it in their kitchen, which is fine, but it actually gives the eye 10 different places to look instead of focusing 100% on you. And so it's all about having just a nice, simple background. We just tack it to the wall. I could move the camera around if you wanted. (laughs) No, it's very cool. Very cool. So what we have Josh on today to talk about is habits because he has impressed the heck out of me with some of his social postings. And usually I do this at the very end, but just so that people can have multiple times to do this, where are you posting on social for your habits so people can start thinking about or even go right now and check out what you're doing? Yeah, the two places I really hang out, um, I started on LinkedIn. So you can look up my handle, just at the Lucky Titan. Um, I I usually spend a lot of time on there. And then we have a proprietary platform that we built called the Tribe of Titans. People can go check that out too. Very cool. Two places. And and then how did you get into the business of habits? Yeah, really good question. I mean, one of the big problems that a lot of people have is, and this is why I like working with people like you, Joe, you know, like working with people who, who understand that it's, it's not about trying to make life altering decisions all the time, right? It's about the little things. And my big problem is whenever I, you know, buy a course or I, I join up with anybody, you know, as coaching or what have you, they're like, okay, now you need to completely restructure your day and do all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know, pass. <laughs> but when you're working with somebody who's like, hey, five minutes, man, if you can put in five minutes this a day start with that. And then you can ramp it up to 15 to an hour, whatever. That to me is what it's all about. That's, I love habits for that reason. 
Yeah, absolutely. And let's step back even further. What's your background before getting to this point? Like you, you're in Idaho right now. Have you always been in Idaho? Did you go to edu- or go to school or get educated in the business of, of, I guess, habits or behavioral change? And like, what led to that? Yeah, really good question. So um, I really like the way you phrase that too, because so I, I've, I grew up in Idaho. I actually moved to Mexico for two years and lived in Southern Mexico. And that was really fun. Um, I was doing a service mission down there. So we got to meet a lot of really cool people and do a lot of fun things. But then after that, I came home and so I was 19 at the time, or I guess 20, 21 at the time, I think I did my bachelor's in business administration and I'm actually still finishing up my master's degree. I just kind of do it in the evening time. But uh, I'm doing my master's degree in business as well, but with an emphasis in marketing. Um, what, what's really interesting, so I've actually never done any real, like I haven't taken a degree in psychology or anything. What I found is in order to be a marketer, which is you know what I am, that's everything I do, it, you have to understand empathy and you have to understand the way humans react to everything, right? And, and discovering you know, what's, what are their interests, you know, what are what's sparks emotion in them and everything. And that's, that's really for me, I guess, where the study has come from. And I think that empathy has come from being a marketer. (laughs) Very nice. And what is a habit? Yeah, really good question. You'd probably be able to define this one better than me, but I, to me, it's just incremental changes. Okay. Um, I actually don't believe in, you know, just setting and forgetting habits, right? So a lot of people will say, okay, like I've read, 15 minutes every single day since the day I was born. Right. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of the claim to the fame, especially in, in the business sector, right? A lot of people will, it's kind of their, their, uh, mantra, I guess like, yeah, I have like a perfectly scheduled life, but I believe in disruption. If you ever get comfortable, your habits start to become lax and it becomes really easy to quit them. So for me, it's more about incremental disruption in your life, creating a habit of making new habits. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Was there a point in your life that you became interested in this that you can think back to that you're like, man, I realized that I started doing these things and they became habits. And, you know, maybe it was retrospect or maybe it was like, I need to make this change. And then you start started studying it. Like, when did that spark kind of happen? Yeah. I mean, the very first time I I will say is when I was down in Mexico. Um, because I had just graduated high school and everything and I was off adventuring. Right. <laughs> um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life at that point. And, um, I had a leader down there who was helping me, um, on the religious side of things as well, but also on, um, my, my personal progression. And he was, they, they kind of set time of day that we were supposed to study and, um, do personal kind of like self care stuff, you know, like work, like working out or what have you. And I found that, um, in my life and, and with my family, we didn't have really any real, I guess, good habits in place other than reading. My, my dad loved uh, to read and he you know, instilled that in us from the beginning. And so for me, it wasn't really something I had to make a habit of. I just enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the learning side of it. My problem was, is it wasn't structured. So when I went out there um, down to Mexico, I was supposed to be studying for two hours a day. And I'm like, what do I study? You know, <laughs> and how do I do it? And I sat down with a leader of mine and he, he kind of walked me through, Hey, just, I want you to build this schedule. He's like, if you can implement these specific habits, um, you'll, you'll start to see a change. And for me, I realized how much more I was learning. And I said, Hey, how can I apply this to every other area of my life? Um, you know, working in, in the business sector or in, 
my salesmanship, or I guess just communicating with people, speaking in front of people. Um, that was, I think, like you said, like really when the spark ignited for me when it came to habits in general. Okay. And what was the system that you learned or that worked for you specifically? Yeah. The number one thing that I've learned is anchoring things. Um, working out is a great example of this. So when it comes to working out, if you're like, okay, I'm going to work out two hours a day, right? And you don't set a schedule for it. You just say, I'm just going to find a time during the day. You'll miss all the time. But if you say, okay, right before dinner, so I, I have to eat dinner at six and I get off work at five. I have one hour in between then and I'm blowing on TV anyways, you anchor it to that. And for me, it's actually been better to anchor it to something I already did. So for example, something that um, I do every single day, my wife and I usually sit down and just kind of hang out, just the two of us uh, before dinner, right? And so I, I anchored it to that. I said, okay, every single day we have this ritual. We sit down, we kind of debrief each other on the day and just something we've been doing. We've only been married three years, but something that we do together. And then if you anchor it to that, so I said, okay, that's going to happen no matter what, right? So it's like brushing your teeth, right? You're like, okay, I'm already going to be brushing my teeth. I might as well do some stretches or some meditation right after I brush my teeth, right? And that concept has helped me in that way. I don't ever have to forget. I don't have to set reminders on my phone because I'm a very forgetful person. You can ask my wife. <laughs> um, I'm very, very forgetful. And so if I can anchor it to things, that really helps me in, in creating those habits. That's super interesting. Do you have any other examples that either you use or that you've heard of people using um, as far as anchors? Just so that like, I get what you're saying and I would like to see if we can find some some things that people are like, oh yeah, I do that in my life as well. That would be then, you know, where I could put in a workout, where I could put in some reading, where I could put in, uh, right. you know, I'm just looking for some examples. Yeah. One of the easiest ones is meals, right? You always do meals, right? You're always going to be brushing. Well, hopefully you're always brushing your teeth, right? <laughs> if you can find things like that, that you say, okay, I'm already doing these things in, in the work environment, for example, um, there's most people will have when they're working, um, and I'm just, I'm going to share this as it'll help illustrate the point. Um, if you've ever heard of the Pomodoro technique before, um, I love that, which is basically what you do is you increment your work. So you say, okay, I've got 25 minutes and you set a timer and say in 25 minutes, I will finish this task. Um, it will greatly increase your productivity first off, but then you take a five minute break, you get up, you walk around and what have you. And for me, that allowed me to start setting up when I did the Pomodoro technique, it allowed me to anchor it to those 25 minute increments, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to be working for eight hours anyways. And as an entrepreneur, it's pretty tough to set your own schedule, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, there's tons of different ways you can do it. But for me, just having that Pomodoro technique has helped a ton because I would spend, so for example, like I do a lot of the tech side of, of, you know, what we, what we built here for our, for our company. I do a lot of the content as well. I kind of like doing the back end stuff. I probably shouldn't always do it, but I do. <laughs> but if I'm like, Hey, I'm going to build out a funnel, for example, or a website, I'll sit down and for like eight hours straight, I'll just work on it really with no end in mind. But when I've, when I decided to I'm like, okay, I've got to finish this in a day, right? I wouldn't have ever able to get it done in a day. But what I did when I did the Pomodoro technique, I'd say, okay, I have four pages I have to build. So I need to divide this into four increments. And it's going to take, um, I think I can knock each section out in 25 minutes. And when I did that, it didn't, I didn't finish in four in, so it'd be about two hours, but I actually ended up finishing in three. It cut down five hours of, of work time for myself. So that's a technique that I think everybody should be using. I didn't yeah. make it up. It's just one that I discovered. <laughs> 
Um, and it, it's one of those places for me that I like to anchor that okay. meals and brushing my teeth. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. E- excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. How do you relate habits with motivation? Because I know that this is something that I struggle with and with my clients specifically in that they are trying to create a habit, but they'll come back to me and they're like, man, Joe, I'm just not motivated enough to continue with it. And my personal opinion on it is simply that, you know, you, you focus on the process and the process is what turns into the motivation. It, you know, I'm, I work, I've worked out so much in my life. Am I ever motivated to do it? Um, kind of maybe <laughs> it's just, but it's a habit. It's what I do. So I'm wondering how you deal with the motivation and the habit. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the obvious answer to it is like, you need to find a reason to do what you're doing, right? There has to be an end result for you. And most people I don't think have really emotionally tied themselves to that result. Sure. But I also don't believe in just wanting it enough. Um, I usually have to tie my motivation to something else. So there's, uh, there's a guy actually, I went to a leadership conference once, um, Reg Allen's his name. He, he actually had this method that I really liked. It's, it's pretty extreme, but he says this has a 96% effective rate for accomplishing any goal that you want. And he's like, I do this all the time. And you know, when people say that your ears perk up, you're like, okay, is this like, is this legit? So what he does is instead of tying a reward to it, he ties a consequence to not fulfilling the goal. Right. He's like, you also tie a reward to it. But, uh, (laughs) what he says is if you really want to lock in your your guarantees on your goals. You make a goal. So let's just say, Hey, like I'm going to work out five days this week, but you set a consequence. You say, okay, if I don't complete this goal in five days, I'm going to do something crazy. Like I'm going to wear a pink tutu to work or like I'm going to buzz my head or something, right? Something extreme that you wouldn't want to do that the pain is worse than just going and working out. But the problem is for most people is they won't actually hold themselves accountable to it. So the way his technique works is you actually find an accountability partner and you say, okay, if I don't work out five days this week, we both have to shave our heads. Right. And if, if the consequence is that intense, you're, you're never going to not work out. Right. (laughs) You'll get the motivation because you're like, I don't want to make my friend have to buzz their head. Right. Especially if they have like Thor hair or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'll buzz my head. But, but if you have like other people, you know, it's, it's tying a consequence that way, but for myself, so for working out, especially because you know, you're in this space, right. In, in the fitness space, one of the things that I found for myself, I'm, I don't like in home workouts. I just don't, I cannot get the motivation for them. Um, so when I bought, I went and bought some dumbbells, just to some, um, one of those, uh, what are they called? the ones where you can adjust the weight. I can't remember. Yep, what I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You can just adjust. It's like one dumbbell, but you can keep adjusting the weight. Um, and just getting that in my house made it feel less like an in-home workout. And I started doing it more weirdly enough. Oh. But the last thing that I found with, with the working out for myself is I actually got a gym membership where they had, um, you could get a massage anytime you wanted to. Um, so what I, what for me, the motivation was like, man, I really, every day I'm like, I could use a massage, right? <laughs> so what I'll do is I will go work out because I want a massage and I'll never miss because I'm like, Hey, I'm going to work out. And it's going to feel awesome to get that massage afterwards. And, and that's, I mean, anchoring it to things like that, right? Saying, okay, like I, I have this motivation because I don't have to, I don't have to fight myself on it because I really truly want what's on the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I had a friend who he did the same thing, except he would eat a donut every time he would go work out, which kind of defeats the purpose. But uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny because he got the motivation. He went and he actually got pretty ripped um, off of just, he would go every day and he's like, I love donuts. So he'd get a donut every day after, after his workout. Craziest thing. Yeah. I mean, we could argue about why or have a conversation, I should say, about why that would be, you know, the best time for you to have the donut if you really yeah. have it anyway. Right. <laughs> so. and, and that's where I'm like, I'm sure you've got your, I'm not the fitness guy by any means, but it's just kind of, it's funny because it, it's just it, what, what works for you, right? You have to be creative about it. Half the problem, and, and, you know, we're using fitness as an example, but when you're creating habits of anything, I mean, one of the ones that a lot of people have a hard time with is reading right? Reading is absolutely essential. But the problem that people have is that I just can't get myself to open a book, right? I can't ever get myself to sit down and open a book. There's certain people who they will actually learn more auditorily. So I'm one of those people. I I can sit down and read and I can retain a lot, but I'll retain 10 times as much if I just listen to a podcast or I listen to an audio book. And I think if you'll adjust your life to that, you know, like say, okay, what, what is the best for me? You don't have to be, you know, Steve Jobs or these people or Bill Gates you know, who reads like seven books a day, right? Like you don't have to be that person, right? You have to find what works for you and realize, okay, everything that you do towards a goal is good for you, right? If, if you're pursuing it, even if you don't hit your goal, it's more than you would have done without it, right? So yeah. that was my super long-winded answer, but there we go. I, I love <laughs> I love long-winded answers. That was great. <laughs> what do you do if somebody, or if you're trying to just take off a little bite of that particular goal, how small do you set that up for someone? Like, let's say a workout example and then a, a reading example, you know, would it be just like going out and doing a couple of squats or burpees and you're just like, all right, cool. That's, we're anchoring it for that particular day. Yeah. And, and I'll give you some specific examples for that because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So Workout example, 100%, like you're saying, do what you can, right? When I first started working out when I was in high school, right, I was a twig. I weighed 125 pounds my freshman year, I think. Um, So I was a teeny tiny kid. Um, Hit my growth spurt my sophomore year, but still I was always like 145 pounds, right? Just a really small kid. And so I wanted to play football really bad, but I'm I'm a tiny little kid. So I said, okay, I'm going to, no matter what, I will do 25 push-ups and 25 sit-ups every single day because I can knock it out in two minutes, right? Yeah. bust those out and get them done. And weirdly enough, when just because just doing that got me into the habit of working out, I'd start to get more excited about doing it. And and it kind of pulled me forward. So I would definitely recommend to people. One of the things I like about your workouts, right? It's just doing burpees, right? Burpees work everything. If you can do 10 of them, yeah, they might be kind of painful, but that takes you what a minute and a half. If you're like super slow at it, (laughs) um, I got to be careful with what I say with that. Cause some people are like, it takes me a minute to do two. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, but one of the examples, I mean, reading, I don't know if I'll give an example for reading per se, but with what I teach people um, in our company and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, helping them to scale their audiences. Right. So that is a huge goal. If you're saying, Hey, I, I need a hundred thousand followers. Right. Or I need a thousand people who are paying me. That is a huge goal for a lot of people. Right for us, like one of the things that I teach people how to do is like, Hey, just get on some podcasts, right? Do some joint venture deals. And so the the easiest thing, and I walk them through, okay, every single day we have a platform for them. Come on and just message one person every single day. And people who are doing that are getting a deal every single day or almost every single day. And 
there you go, right? Like you're setting yourself up to win. It took you maybe a minute to get on there, send a message, call it a day, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's super easy. It's super easy. What do you do when you get people that are like they tell you that they want that thing, but they still are not doing it as a coach? I have this is a, <laughs> a selfish <laughs> question. Yeah. No, this is a, this is a good one. I, so I don't coach people on fitness, but I mean, when I coach them on business, a lot of yeah. what's funny is I've literally had somebody, they, they had me $5,000 and said, Hey, can you coach me? I said, yep, let's do it. We did a month of coaching every single week. We did a call and every single week he'd set the exact same goal. I wouldn't do it. Exact same goal. I wouldn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I found what you really have to get down to the core of it is, are they actually doing something that they're, they're truly wanting to do or wanting to become? Because, but I think just as society, we've gotten to the point where it's pretty easy to just lie, honestly, like it's pretty easy to lie and not get caught. And so people will just lie to themselves and saying, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. That's one of the the prime examples. I have tons of people. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I I don't think you do. I just, I think you're sick of your boss. So I, I don't think you need really to be an entrepreneur. I think you just need to get into a job situation that doesn't suck as bad. Right. <laughs> um, and and so, I mean, does that answer your question a little bit? You know, like when, when you're coaching people and they're getting to that point, it's like, I, I think you really have to go back to the core. Like, do you actually want it? Is it something that is driving you, is motivating you? And if it's not change, I right. mean, and you might disagree with me on this and I'm sorry if this is a little bit controversial, but it's like, everybody thinks you have to be fit and you have to be healthy. Right. But if that's not something you truly want with your life, don't do it. But I'm going to tell you you're going to want it if you start doing it. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you're going to start wanting it if you can't go down the road of something actually happening to right. you that scares you enough, I guess, yeah. to decide that you should have focused on it. and Like a stroke or getting diabetes or something. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Which is, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation to go down um, with, you know, whether it be fitness or entrepreneurship. It, but, well, uh, and as a coach, it's, it's kind of hard as a coach sometimes to have the integrity to say, and, and I guess really just the gumption to say, Hey, I don't think you're doing what you should be doing. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard when you're, it's like in your case, you're probably working with some people who are like, Hey, I, I want to be a bodybuilder or I want to win this CrossFit competition, you know? And you're like, but do you really, do you really want it that bad? <laughs> right. Um, not that they wouldn't have a coach, you know, if they were going for that, but you're saying, Hey, like if you really wanted this, what are you willing to give up? Right. Will you turn off your video games for months so you can focus on working out three or four hours a day? You know, like what are you willing to put into it? Um, and it's the same way with business. I I've had times where we've literally had people who had a company that was worth well over a million dollars a year and they just weren't happy. They, they were serving the wrong audience in the wrong place. And I had to say to them, I don't think you're in the right business. I think you should change what you're doing um, and completely revamp what you're doing. I had somebody do that to me and it was the best thing that ever happened to our company. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think that asking people those questions and even getting them to the point of thinking about it is just something that's really interesting. And I created a podcast, a solo podcast earlier this morning about that, where like, because of this time that we're stuck at home right now, I think it's really interesting if we take the negative components out of it and just look at what people are having to do around thinking about how they spend their time and what makes them happy. Because I'm coaching a lot of people in fitness that ends up being more like life coaching right now. Yeah. And people had never thought about 
what made them happy before. And that now that they take away this like personal interaction or the outdoors or whatnot, they're like, wow, <laughs> I'm learning something about myself and motivation. And it kind of can come around to what we're talking about with habits too. They didn't realize they had a habit of like going to out to eat with people, you know, right. Five nights a week or something like that. And that was filling their cup. Yeah. Um, Would you mind if I ask you a question too? Sure. This is, this is a conversation, right? So I'm just, I, just, I yeah. want to know what your thoughts are on this. How do you help people who are there having bad habits, right? How do they break those bad habits? That's funny because that was the next question that I was going to ask you. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my answer is I have really? no freaking idea. So. <laughs> uh, I deal with people like this all the time. And an example f- for in my life is someone that has an, a drinking problem. Right. Um, they come to me, they want to get fit. I ask them a bunch of questions. And one of the big things that I've done in order for people to even realize that they have the problem in the first place is doing the uh, weekly check-ins where I send them a Google form every week and they go through and it's really easy. It takes about five minutes to fill out. And then after about three, four, five weeks, we have literally a graph or just like a numbers list of oh, it looks like you're drinking more than 10 drinks a week. So it identifies that. And then they can see that that's a problem first off. Because a lot of times people will come in and they don't realize that it's a problem. You know, that it's not a negative habit that they had realized, but you identify it for them. Sometimes it works if you identify it for them. I've found sometimes it doesn't. And people are like, oh man, I in the last month I've had 40 drinks. You know, when you put it like that, (laughs) It sounds a lot worse than, oh, I had 10 drinks this week. Right. Um, so the first is trying to make them identify it. And then I think it all comes back down to what we had already talked about, at least in my opinion. And you can, you know, obviously I want to hear your opinion as well in that once they've identified it, then we can go down like the road of why are you doing this? Is it helping you? Do you see how it's helping you or hurting you? And giving specific examples and I learned this from a really good friend of mine that is big into NLP was telling me that something that works really well for him is getting people to specifically, like use the word specific a lot. Let's be specific about how these drinks are helping you. You know, oh, it makes you feel good. Specifically, how does it make you feel? You know, and then they have to go down that road of like, oh, it makes me feel like more relaxed and whatnot. And is, is that specifically like all the time? You know, do you get, do you feel worse or better the next day or a few hours later? Or like, how does that specifically make you feel? So then we, we just really dive into what that thing is doing for them because I know it's not positive for them, right. but we have to have them associate it with something that's not positive as well. So that when they go and, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, Josh, here's a beer. You're like, right. maybe at least you're making the, the, there's something turning in your head. That, right. that starts going down that road. Then once they've identified, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. Then we talk about what you could do it instead. You know, because a lot of people, especially right now, I'm finding that people are eating a lot of their vice foods because they're stressed or they don't have anything else to do. So it's right. like bored eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so stress and boredom at the same time is like this super, you know, combination of things. So I'm having to try and reteach them to change their stresses, their stress, what they go to when they're stressed, you know, rather than eating something or eating that chocolate that you always have when you're stressed, 
you know, maybe we go for a walk or maybe we do a breathing exercise or, you know, something that we can, we can identify the trigger before the habit is kicked in so much that we actually put it to our mouth. We're like, oh, this is happening. And then Joe said to try this instead. And that's about as far as I've gotten. Yeah. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So there's my spiel. What do you think? Yeah, no, and you sparked some ideas. So that's good because because I, I know for myself, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, you know, like, because it's pretty, e- like, honestly, if you'll commit to it, it's pretty easy to start small habits. It really is. Yeah. I mean, stop biting your nails, right? It's <laughs> just put something nasty on your nails or stop biting your nails, right? And doing something like that, right? So it's pretty easy to establish a new habit, but like stopping some of these bigger habits is, is a lot more difficult. And like you're saying, it's about the recognition, but you can't just tell somebody about it. It's so like, I've worked with people in addictions and I've worked with people who've, um, you know, had failing businesses or, you know, their, their marriage is failing, for example. And, and you work with a lot of these different people and it almost always comes down to, they have a core addiction. It's either, they're either addicted to some sort of, um, substance or to like, like a sex addict or they could be addicted to like video gaming or TV or honestly reading is even one of those that people get addicted to. We've just come into a, become a society where we're so addicted to things. Um, social media is another one of those ones. And nine times out of 10, when, when I go and, and I'm meeting with somebody and they're like, I don't have the time. I'm like, okay, the next week I want you to track everything. Like whenever you're doing anything and they'd be like, you look, look at your phone, right? Most phones, if you have an iPhone or a Samsung, or even like the Google pixel or whatever you have, it actually tracks how much time you're spending on your phone. And if you actually go look at it, you'll realize, holy crap, like I'm spending two or three hours a day staring at social media or what have you. And that can be an addiction like you did with the drinks, right? I love sending people to people like you because nine times out of 10, it's a physical addiction, right? They smoke or they drink or they're vaping or whatever they're doing. And people don't realize how much that just eats up your time outside of the moral factors or whatever you want to say with it. It's just a huge time suck. And it also sets you up for failure in everything else that you're doing. Because I know for myself, like, so I've, I grew up playing video games, right? I'm like majorly addicted to video games. So I have to, I have to conscientiously say, okay, I'm literally, my wife has to treat me like a child sometimes is like, okay, you're only going to play for an hour this week. Right. (laughs) And so that for me, I realized was one of the main reasons I wasn't succeeding was because I was spending too much time playing video games. I had to take that time and recommit it to something else that I wanted to do. Interesting. So let me ask you, did you try publishing you, yourself playing video games on YouTube to see if that would make money before you stopped taking it away? <laughs> no, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this guy named Peng Joon. Have you ever heard of Peng? I haven't, no. Uh, he's, a, he's a multimillionaire guy online, but he started in the gaming industry, got up to 600,000 followers, and then his whole, his whole channel got shut down. And so he lost a multi-million dollar revenue to, or um, like income just overnight. He couldn't get it back. I was like, that sucks so bad. Oh, man. Uh, it was because he was like bullying people or something online. So he got, he got trying. He's a really nice guy. So it's kind of funny that it, it turned out that way. But anyways. Oops. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the same uh, subject, I was looking at the YouTube earners when it came out at the end of the year. Yeah. And it was amazing to see that like the top 10, most of them were kids. Yeah. They're like 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so funny to see that. And I think a lot of people are heading that direction. Um, and you bring up a really good point with the YouTube in general, because I'm, I'm proud of kids like that because it's like, Hey, 
I mean, they're kind of the older crowd is like, Hey, you know, you shouldn't be spending too much time on video games, but it's like, one of the things I believe in is you should never be a consumer of anything. You shouldn't consume social media. You shouldn't consume, um, you know, video games or what have you. But if you become the producer, you can do all of those things and then you can just get paid for it. Right. Right. So it's like with video games, I mean, stream yourself or, you know, write about it or whatever you want to do. You know, um, I had a friend and this is back and I know this is like on the video game topic, but he, back when there was this game called RuneScape, which is like decades old, right? He used to go and build characters and then sell them to people. And he had a way to do it so quickly that he was, he would literally in two hours um, while we were in high school, he was making a hundred dollars per character he sold. So he was making like 200 bucks or like $50 an hour as a, you know, as a kid doing what he wanted to do, but it's because he was being a producer. It was work for him. It really wasn't play. And, And I just, I really like that concept of being the producer because if you'll, if you'll center your life on that, you'll see like everything changes for you, especially when it comes to social media. Interesting that you bring that up. And it's just so apparent that we have a lot of different things we could talk about here. And that's cool. Yeah. Rabbit holes are fun. <laughs> I know. So um, we could just go off down this road. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love um, with, within the habits and the social media topic, talking about social media for, for a little bit. Um, and I... I love that you brought that up being a producer rather than a consumer because I've personally had people ask me about this and I've told them that I don't have time to go through and look at, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, because I'm spending so much time trying to create things on there. Right. And the, the normal person, I don't think thinks about it like that. And I've been trapped in this space, which hopefully is positive of producing for so long that I don't think about, like I have to consciously go through and be like, I need to comment on some people's stuff right. so that I can, <laughs> they can see that I'm commenting on it, but I don't really care about, you know, well, guys, I do care about what you're posting. Definitely. But, um, <laughs> it's hard sometimes. Like, crap. I have to like caveat this. I do care. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. But at the same time, I'm, I care more about producing something myself for you so that you get motivated to, in my space, go work out or start eating healthy. Right. Um, but I love that you brought that up. And I think that if anybody listening to this is thinking about this, think about that. Think about how when you go on your Facebook or on your Twitter or your Instagram, how you can be the creator. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, powerful. Well, one, one of the values of it too is if you're, you know, if you're addicted to um, social media, which really most of us are, I mean, if you really look at your phone and realize how much time you spend on there, yeah. I'm, the average person right now, even entrepreneur, entrepreneurs like, Oh, we're excluded from that. It's, it includes entrepreneurs. They'll spend around three hours per day consuming social media. And the reality is if you'll become a producer when you actually, so for example, like we all use YouTube to learn things, right? So instead of going on there and going down the rabbit hole of like watching like Marvel movies, right? Or like Marvel teasers. That's, that's my rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, But you go, you go there to say, okay, I want to learn how to, let's just say you're trying to make a video about something in, um, in the working out, like in the workout space, right. In the fitness space, you say, I'm going to go and research five different videos about this. Let's just say ketogenic diets, right? That's, that's an easy one, right? I'm going to go look at five different people's takes on ketogenic diets. So you can go watch those for an hour of your three hours that you typically spend on social media. You could do that. And then you could, for the next two hours, you could record a video of yourself talking about your opinion. You're like, Hey, I now have an educated opinion about this. 
seen five different people's take. Here's my take on ketogenic diets. And even if you're not trying to do this for money, this is what the world needs right now are people who go on there and actually provide true value content instead of just like, oh, here's a magical quote or here's this stupid video, right? <laughs> you're providing true value to people. Dude, I love it. And I just got the, you just gave me the best idea from that oh, yeah. because I've been stuck right now about my, on my YouTube channel about coming up with things to create because I'm a back end creator myself right now where like yeah. I'm creating tons of content for people that are in my program and just getting better and better and better at that. But I need to figure out where to come up with content for the people that are not in the program yet. Right. Exactly like what you just said. So thank you for that. I'm going to well, and I, I'm glad that because what I, what I recommend for every, because a lot of people say like, man, but will I run out of stuff to produce? It's, I mean, how many newspapers were, did there used to be, you know, how many different TV channels are there? It's it, the reason why those things exist is because people care about your opinion on it, right? Especially the people who follow you. And so you're like, Hey, I'm going to do the research so you don't have to. And here's my opinion, but here's my resources or here's my sources. If you want to go check them out. Right. I watched these five videos and this was my take on it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Easy content. That's great. I'm going to start doing that. Five, five videos. Create my opinion, dude. Or just reshare people's stories. I mean, some of the best content creators, I mean, everybody always shares a story, but Justin Bieber, he didn't make a single original song. He became famous because he went on and he, when the, when a song hit number one, um, I don't even remember what they call that, right? The top 40 or whatever. I don't even really listen to music anymore. <laughs> I'm so bad this way, but, uh, he, he would see which, what was number one. He would make a cover of it that day and then he'd post it online. And when he did that, he was the top person on YouTube, um, for that song above the producer of the, the, so in some of the cases, he would outrank the actual video with his cover of that video. And that's so, how he got discovered. Because then you have the keywords from the video that just went viral or was at the top. Right. And you'll write it. It rides the success of that video. So yeah, there's a YouTube hack for you. But, but it's, it's applicable in any, in any industry, right? If you're like in the workout space, you can go on and say, hey, I just listened to this podcast by you know, this bodybuilder. Loved what he said. This is what he said. And, and then you just give a two minute spiel, like your testimonial of what he talked about saying like, Hey, I, I agree with this. And here's why, here's my personal story. It's easy to make content like that. So good, Josh, man, it, man. you're, you're a badass dude. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, spinning back to the habits side of yeah. things. Do you have any, um, hacks or apps or things that people can use in the it could be tech, could be, you know, just like things that you've seen work really quickly for certain people that, yeah. you know, we love the word hack. So had to bring yeah. it up. Well, so there's actually, so I, have you ever done a personality test before? Oh yeah. 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 So I, I love those things. Um, I did one for my MBA program that was, it's the disc personality type, which is one of the more accurate ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of, so I'm a driver, so I, I'll do the work but I'm also completely airheaded and I'm like, I'm really bad with productivity. So that's why habits are really hard for me. Right. So I'm the type of person I'm like, if I had a regimented schedule after about a month, I'm so bored. I have to, I have to switch it up. Right. Certain things I'm okay with, right. I make brushing your teeth. You have to do, but <laughs> <laughs> what I found was for me, if I, uh, you know, as a person like that, I just had to find specific you know, tools for that work for me. And there were two of them that I was, I was already doing. Right. So I kind of got in the habit of, uh, journaling what I was doing during the day. Right. 
I just kind of, cause I like to keep track of, okay, did I actually, um, you know, did I actually accomplish anything today? You know, and sure. mine has actually always been, I can show you the office. I have whiteboards everywhere. This is, this is my home office, right? So <laughs> I, I like whiteboards because I like the checklist. So I would, I would make a list of things that I want to do. Some people it's on their phone or what have you, but I, I legitimately like to write it out. Cause there's just something that feels so good about like putting a check mark in the box saying I did that. Right. Yep. Um, but then there's two resources I recommend to people. Both of them are journals that were made by John Lee Dumas. He's a famous mm-hmm. podcaster. Um, one's the freedom journal. Um, and then one is the mastery journal, two different things. So the, the mastery journal, essentially what you do is what I said. It's like, it's like making a task list for the day. And then he uses the Pomodoro technique and it's, it's literally a two minute exercise you do in the morning and the evening uh, within this journal to help you become, to master productivity, focus and discipline, I think is what he said in a hundred days. It's a hundred day journal. And then the other one, the freedom journal actually helps you break down your goals. You set one large goal for the hundred days. So you could say, okay, I want to, you know, if, if I'm in working, like I, I want to break this, this benchmark, right? And you say, okay, I want to, I want to squat 220. I don't even know, right? 220 pounds or something and you've got 50 pounds to go, then he helps you break that goal down into bite-sized chunks into 10 day chunks. And so you just, you're trying to hit a goal for 10 days and then for 10 days. Um, I love it because you can use it for anything, um, for any goals, but that really helped me to just align my focus when it came to goal setting and habits. <laughs> That's fantastic. You said that was John Lee Dumas. Yeah. JLD. Yeah. fire. I promote that guy so much. I ought to ask for a referral fee on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, man, uh, I promote your crap. Pay me, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I remember listening to Entrepreneur on Fire way back in the day. That guy's story is fantastic. And yeah, yeah. he's a really he's cool guy. Definitely helped me as well. And if you guys uh, are listening to this, I will put a link to how to get a hold of those particular resources in the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 247. So if you want to go there after the show and pick up a link to those particular books, they will be there. Love it. So I think that this has been just full of great stuff and we're probably going to have to do it again. So I'm just going to go ahead and put a bow on it right now. But before we completely wrap it up, where can people find out or find more information about you again, even though we've mentioned it early on and, you know, point them to anything that you would like to point them to. Yeah. Honestly, the easiest way to get in contact with me is to just go to the lucky Um, I do everything. You can find us on all platforms under the at the lucky or at the lucky Titan, excuse me. So I, I do that on purpose because I want to make sure that's easy to find me, but really I am a pretty accessible person. If you want to reach out, you can reach me by LinkedIn or in our tribe or whatever you want to do. All right, cool. Well, Josh has been fantastic and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Have a wonderful day, my man. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a ton. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, that was my podcast with Josh Tapp from The Lucky Titan. If you guys would like to find out more about Josh, head over to anywhere that is The Lucky Titan on social media, theluckytitan.com, or wherever you find your information. Josh, as you can see, is, or here if you didn't watch this one, is just a cool guy. He has tons of information. I've really enjoyed getting to know him and following his social media. So if you need to make any habit changes or get any business coaching or even just want to follow him, definitely look up the Lucky Titan and Josh Tapp. I highly recommend it. And if you'd like to get involved with the Get Better Project at all, head over to thegetbetterproject.com and we can give you 30 days for free by going to thegetbetterproject.com slash 30 days. So we'd love to help you in that program. 
And we are here for you if you need anything at all. The show notes again are at allaroundjoe.com slash 247, where we'll have all of the information, including the Lucky Titan and the books from John Lee Dumas that Josh recommended. So if you'd like to get to any of that stuff, allaroundjoe.com slash 247. All right, guys. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. We'll see you on the next podcast.